You're about to listen to a message from Every Nation Church Midrand, the place where people come to be changed and discipled to transform society. Hello, welcome again to our broadcast today. We're going to continue with our teaching on victory thinking. I believe you've been enjoying this series and uh, also I trust that it is changing the way you think. It is equipping you and enabling you to face life with a different mindset, to face situations, whatever it is that you, 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 you face in life, that you face it with a, with a different way of thinking. You have to be a victory thinker. That is so important. It's so important if you're going to fulfill God's purpose for your life, if you're going to experience uh, victory in your life, you want to achieve great things. You want to achieve your purpose. You want to achieve your goals. There's nothing that you can do to stop hindrances, to stop opposition, to stop resistance from the enemy. There's nothing you can do about it. But I'm telling you, what you can do is to start working on yourself. Start working on how you think. Start working on how you view, how you view life, how you view situations. That's going to help you tremendously in getting to where you are supposed to be in life, even in your walk with God, in getting to where you're supposed to be. Yes, there will be resistance, there will be opposition, and that is normal. There's nothing abnormal about that. As a matter of fact, Sometimes the pressure that you experience is necessary. It's necessary for you to become who you are supposed to be. All right? And so we see, we've been looking at the Numbers 13, where the Israelites went to spy out the land and came back, came back with an evil report. They came back with a, with a negative report. They came back with a victim report. Okay, and that, because of that, God did not allow them to enter the land of promise, except Joshua and Caleb, who were victory thinkers. All right, so let's look at again Numbers chapter 18, uh, sorry, chapter 13, Numbers 13, verse 17, Moses sent them out to spy out the land of Canaan and said to them, Go up this way into the south and go up to the mountains and see what the land is like. Whether the people who dwell in it are strong or weak, few or many, whether they dwell in, uh, whether they dwell in a good or bad, whether in cities or the in inhabitants are like in camps or strongholds whether the land is rich or poor, whether there are forests there or not, be of good courage and bring some of the fruit of the land. Now, that time was the season of the first grapes, first ripe grapes. So, it was a season of the first ripe grapes. I wonder how many times the grapes got ripe, you know, in a year. Who knows? But this was a season of the first ripe grapes. 
So they went up and spied out the land from the wilderness of Zin as far as Rehob, near the entrance of Hamath. And they went up through the south and came to Hebron, Ahimah, Sheshai, and Talmai, and the descendants of Anak were there. Now Hebron was built seven years before Zoan in Egypt. Hallelujah. Okay, so now let's look at, let's skip down. Let's skip down to verse 28 and 27. They told, then they told him and said, we went up to the land where you sent us. It truly flows with milk and honey, and this is its fruit. Nevertheless, the people who dwell in the land are strong, and the cities are fortified and very large. Moreover, we saw the descendants of Anak there. The Amalekites dwell in the land in the south. The Hittites and the Jebusites and the Amorites dwell in the mountains. The Canaanites dwell by the sea along the banks of the Jordan. Then Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, Let us go up at once and take possession, for we are well able to overcome it. That's a victory thinker there. But the man who had gone up with him said, We are not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we. We are not able to go up, for they are stronger than we. Now, we have said that it doesn't really matter the size of the opposition. It doesn't really matter the size of the mountain. It's immaterial so far as God is concerned. Okay? Yeah. So, stop looking at things. Stop focusing on the size of the giant. Stop focusing on the size of the opposition. Stop focusing on the size of the resistance. Stop focusing on how many enemies are coming after you. Right? Yeah, stop focusing on that. And focus on the word of God. Focus on the Lord himself. So verse 32 says, And they gave the children of Israel a bad report of the land, which they had spied out, saying, The land through which we have gone as spies is a land that devours its inhabitants. And all the people whom we saw in the land are men of great stature. The stature of Goliath had nothing to do with David's victory. Hallelujah. Yeah. So, the bigger the giant, the greater the fall. So, that's, the, that's how a victory thinker looks at life. That's how a victory thinker looks at situations. All right. So, you need to think like that. Yes. And then, look at what they said again. It says, there we saw the giants, the descendants of Anna came from giants, and we were like grasshoppers in our own sight, and so we were in their sight. We're like grasshoppers in our own sight, and so we were in their sight. Be careful how you see yourself. A victory thinker does not see himself as a victim, uh, as a victim. Okay? He sees himself as a victim. If you are a victory thinker, or you want to be a victory thinker, 
Start seeing yourself as an overcomer. Start seeing yourself as someone who has already won the match. It's a fixed match. Remember we said that last week. Okay. So it's a fixed match. God has already determined the outcome before you began. Before you began, God has thought everything through. Okay. He has thought everything through and he has set things in motion for your ultimate and final manifestation of victory. You just need to align your thoughts to God's thoughts. Align your mind to God's mind. Align your words to God's words. And then begin to operate, begin to take steps that will bring to pass what God has said. That is it. Okay. Now these people, these people were, they, they were so negative, so negative that God was angry with them. They were so negative that God was angry with them. And the Lord in, the, in chapter, in chapter um, 14, the Lord said to Moses, verse 11, how long will these people reject me? How long will they not believe me with all the signs which I performed among them? I will strike them with the pestilence and disinherit them. And I will make you a greater and mightier nation than them. Ha! Oh my goodness. Look at God. God is so upset. He says, Moses, just stand aside. I'm going to wipe them all out. And I'm going to start afresh with you and make you even a greater nation than Israel. Can you imagine that? That should tell you how wrong thinking, how negative thinking, how victim thinking, how God detests that kind of thinking. I'm telling you, we must not accommodate that kind of thinking. Yeah, we must not. And God, thank God for Moses. Moses began to intercede for them. Moses prayed and pleaded with God, right? And God said, look, I mean, Moses says to God, look, if you kill them, the Egyptians are going to talk. All the people of the world are going to say that you brought them out and because you could not take them into the land, you decided to kill them. So, and that's what Moses said. I don't want to go into that. You can read it on your own. But I want you to see something in verse 26. The Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron saying, How long shall I bear with this evil congregation who complain against me? I have heard the complaints of the children of Israel against me. So when you speak, God hears as well. Remember, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. All right. Your thinking determines your speech. Your thinking determines how you speak. The reason why these people spoke like this is because of the kind of thoughts they used to accommodate in their minds. How do you see yourself? How do you view life? How do you view challenges? How do you view opposition? How do you view um, resistance? If the enemy 
if the enemy stares up people, inspires people to come against you, how do you view that? How do you respond to that? Are you going to be like these people? Or are you going to stand out and say, I believe God and I don't care what happens, what I see right now. I'm going to stand in faith. I'm going to fight and I'm going to believe God's word. God had performed so many miracles and these people so ungrateful, so much ingratitude. God delivered them. They were slaves. For 430 years and God delivered them. And yet, yet they would not believe him. And so God was upset. And God said now in verse 28, As I leave, says the Lord, Just as you have spoken in my hearing, so I will do. The carcasses of you who have complained against me shall fall in the wilderness. And all of you who were numbered according to, the, according to your entire number from 20 years old and above, except Caleb, the son of Jephne, and Joshua, the son of Nun, you shall by no means enter the land which I swore I'll make you to dwell in. Yes. So God is saying, these things you've been saying, threatening to even stone Moses, and Aaron, and you feel that I've brought you here to destroy you. And he says, because of your unbelief, these things you're saying, I'm going to do exactly what you said. Your carcasses will be all over the wilderness. You're not going to enter the land. You will die in the land. Uh, in the Sorry, you will die in the wilderness. You will not enter the land which I promised Except Caleb and Joshua. Everybody from 20 years and above is going to die in the wilderness. And the children that you are crying about, the children that you are saying are going to die, you, are, you, you, you think you, have, you are more concerned about your children than I the Lord. So because of that, the children you are crying about, they are the ones that will enter the land. You will not even you won't get close to it. You won't get into it. You won't smell the land. Oh my goodness. When God is upset like that. <laughs> my goodness. You don't want to be on the wrong side of God. He's a merciful God. He's a great God. But look at the sentence. God declared and meted out a death sentence on an entire generation. An entire generation because they will not, they will not use their minds and think positive thoughts, of victory thoughts. Rather, they had the victim thought and words to accompany those thoughts. And not only that, they even picked stones. They were ready to pick stones to stone Moses. And see, so, and now look at, like we said last time, when God allows you to go through certain things, I'm telling you, God knows why. God knows why it's because it is good for you. Let's look at the book of Exodus. I want you to see something here. Exodus 
which really makes sense. Exodus chapter 13. In Exodus chapter 13, this was after God took them, the day that God took them out of Egypt, right? Now, verse 13, it says, now it, sorry, chapter 13, verse 17 of Exodus, it says, then it came to pass when Pharaoh had let the people go, that God did not lead them by the land of the Philistines, although that was near. He did not lead them through the land of the Philistines, although that was near. Okay. For God said, lest perhaps the people change their minds when they see war. Okay. And return to Egypt. Can you see that? God knew. God knew these people very well. He knew them very well. So there was a shorter route to get to the promised land. But God did not take them through that route. Just like a lot of times we think, we think that we know better than God. Many times we want to get, get to that place in life, that place in your career, that place in your business, that place. You want to get there overnight. You want to get there quickly. And, 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 and you're doing everything you can to get there quickly. And there might be a shorter route to get there. But then it might not be God's will for you. It might not be God's will for you to get there overnight. Here we see from this passage, from Exodus 13, we see there that God saw that there is a route to get them there quicker. But remember that God's best is not just, God, although God planned for them to, to, to go into the promised land, he also had other plans. Apart from them getting into the promised land, God was also concerned and he was interested in the process as well. In the process, God was also interested in the journey. So it's not just about the destination when it comes to God. The destination, yes, has been fixed. God has, has determined the destination. But again, God is interested in the journey as well to the destination. And so God saw, yes, the the. Land of the Philistines, if I lead them through the land of the Philistines, they will get there quick. All right? They'll get there quick. But then they would not develop the qualities. They would not be able to develop. That root will not develop in them the qualities that will enable them to fight when they get into the land of Canaan. When they see war, they're going to run away. So there is a route that makes you deficient in battle. So the shortcut here was going to make them deficient in battle. And God does not want them to be deficient in battle. And so God decides to take them through the longer route, which was the wilderness route. Okay, so even in life, in our walk with God, sometimes God takes us through a wilderness route. 
He takes us through a wilderness route. Why? Because he is training us. He's preparing us for war. He's preparing us to, to, um, to get into battle where we will now, uh, uh, we will now fight and enforce the victory that has already been predetermined in Christ for us. So God had predetermined victory for these people. And what was that predetermined victory? The promised land was going to be theirs. It doesn't matter how many giants, the size of the giants, the quantity of the giants. It doesn't matter how numerous they are. It doesn't matter how skilled they are. It doesn't matter how vicious they are. It doesn't matter how equipped they are. All of that is immaterial because God has already fixed the battle. He has already fixed and predetermined the outcome. So it's the same way with us. God has predetermined our outcome. He has predetermined victory for you. Okay? He has predetermined victory for you. So stop looking for shortcuts. Stop looking for shortcuts. Go the route that God has ordained for you because that is what will adequately prepare you for the promised land. Because you see, the thing is this, all right? Even if, for instance, if the promised land had been given to them on a platter, God just takes them and then just drops them in the promised land. They didn't have to walk maybe from Egypt because God has the power. God has the ability. God can just take them and then, boom, translocate them and the entire nation is, is now placed in the land of Canaan. Boom! And the Canaanites will just see a whole nation has just landed. God has the power to do that. But guess what? That will not, that will not guarantee their victory. Why? Because every land that you take, you need to be ready to defend. Okay? You need to be ready to defend that land. So if you've taken, if God has given you a territory, if God has given you whatever territory is, and remember that Canaan, well, Canaan when we talk about Canaan, we're not talking about heaven because there are no giants in heaven to, to fight. Canaan is speaking of all the promises of God in your life. All that God has promised you. That is your Canaan. Your Canaan could be health, for instance. Maybe you're sick. If you're sick, your Canaan is health. If you are, if you are financially, if you're broke, <laughs> your Canaan could be, you know, finances, abundance, and so on. It could, it could be in terms of relationship. It could be in terms of business. Canaan. Canaan represents whatever God has promised you. Like in, in the case of Israel, God promised Abraham. And then God continued. He, he reaffirmed that promise to Isaac. And then reaffirmed it to Jacob. And now he's, he, he visits, he appears to Moses in the burning bush in chapter 3 of Exodus. And he reaffirms the promise again. And then God now is taking them out of slavery with an outstretched arm. Great signs and wonders. And God takes them out. Why? Because God is 
about to fulfill his promise. But then God in his wisdom sees ahead of time. Says these people. These people are going to go back to Egypt. And they will repent to Pharaoh. And they are going to say Pharaoh we are so sorry. So sorry that we left. We are ready to serve you. Whatever you want to do. Whatever punishment you have for us. We are ready for it. We don't want to go anywhere anymore. We'll stay and serve you forever. That's the kind of people that, those are the kind of people that God saw. And so God decided, I'm going to take them through the wilderness, part the Red Sea, okay? Part the Red Sea, because now they want to go back. They cannot cross the sea. <laughs> they cannot cross, yeah. So God knew what he was doing. And now the wilderness was supposed to toughen them. It's supposed to prepare them to face giants. It's supposed to prepare them to build, to build faith, to develop their faith in God. You know, it's, it's a place where they're supposed to develop their worship life. Remember, as slaves, they were not really worshiping God as they, they were supposed to. Now in the wilderness, they're going to worship God, the tabernacle. God is going to manifest himself in powerful ways. So all of that, that journey... That God had plans and purposes for every single aspect of that wilderness journey. So it was going to prepare them. And so because of that, it was God's perfect will for them to go through the wilderness. And many people today, many Christians, many of God's people, God is taking them through situations, through trials, and they, they, they lose it. They freak out when they see trials. They freak out when challenges, when things are not going their way. They freak out. Many people even backslide. They, they go back. For instance, this pandemic has put, has, put, uh, has put many people under pressure. People are under so much pressure. But let me tell you something. Okay? Yeah, a victory thinker is able to see, is able to see the value is able to see the value in challenges. A victory thinker is able to look at challenges and is able to see the benefit of those challenges. Able to see the benefit of those challenges. Yes. So, when you are faced in the wilderness environment, for, for instance, for this, the Israelites, the wilderness environment put pressure on them. It compelled them to trust God completely. Teaching them how to trust God for daily sustenance. Okay. The wilderness, I think I've said it before, that it's not a place of abundance. No. It's not a place of abundance. In the wilderness, they had just enough. Just enough for the day. Just enough manna for the day. It's not a place where you can amass much. But God was using that to teach them. All right. Remember? God, that was where Moses said that God took them through and allowed them to suffer hunger so that they would learn that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. So the wilderness was supposed to teach them faith. The wilderness was supposed to teach them worship. The wilderness was supposed to teach them discipline. The wilderness was supposed to prepare them because this is a nation. This is a nation that has been delivered from slavery and is supposed to become a mighty nation. This is a nation that is, is supposed to be an evangelist to other nations. This is, an, a, this is a nation that is supposed to 
reveal God to other nations. So God had to take them through things so that they can experience God and see God's provision, see God's power, and, and then have faith in this God. And then with that confidence, they are now able to go to the ends of the earth. Because remember, when God appeared to Abraham, when God spoke to Abraham in Genesis chapter 12, one of the things that God said is that I will bless every family. All the families of the earth will be blessed through you. So this was a nation that was going to help to make that promise a reality. So God's plan was for every nation of the earth. But Israel was the, the prototype. Israel was supposed to be the example of a nation whose God is the Lord. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. So Israel is supposed to be that example. And so God was using them, taking them through all of this because he was shaping the nation. He was forming and forging and bringing out treasure. You know, this was going to be a gem among the nations of the earth. So that process was important just like when you go when when, when diamond is being is being processed you know all these precious metals that we we that cost a lot of money today they go through a lot of pressure okay a lot of pressure to become to become precious and people pay so much but it goes through it has gone through a lot of, of pressure in the earth, through the elements, gone through the heat, gone through all kinds of conditions. And they, 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 they've now been formed. You know, even when, it, when, when, gold is being, um, when gold is being refined, it's taken through fire, there are different stages it goes through, different stages of heat, of different temperatures and so on it goes through all of that so that it will come out pure silver is tried and it comes out so this was this was this this was a jewel of a nation just like you and I today we are his jewels we are his precious possession so God will not compromise because you throw a tantrum. You throw a tantrum, you, you get angry, mad. Why am I not getting things my way? He's not moved by that. He's moved by his promise. He's moved by his vision. He's moved by, by his desire, his dream. His dream for your life is going to come to pass. No matter what, I tell you. No matter what, it'll come to pass, I'm telling you. Yes. So that's how God works. That's how God works. So he will take you through stuff. And that's why I celebrate. I celebrate even some of the, the times of uncertainties. Some of the times of hardship. I remember years ago. Years ago I was going through stuff. My family and I, we were going through stuff. It was, it was intense. It was hectic you know it's like everything was going wrong and you know what i i was convinced that i had sinned there is a sin i've committed that's why i'm going through what i'm going through i was so convinced about that so i began to seek god lord 
show me my sin so that I can repent. Tell me. Because this what I'm going through right now, this is not what you promised me. This is not what you promised me. Lord, this is not what you promised me. I know there's nothing wrong with you. I know your word is true. I know you are faithful. I know you are perfect. Everything about you is perfect. It's me that is the problem. I must have sinned. Or maybe I missed you. Maybe there's what I'm supposed to do that I'm not doing. Just show me. I sought the Lord. And in the third week, every day I was going before God. And I sought him, sought him. I said, Lord, I need answers. You said, if I seek, I will find. I'm seeking for answers concerning this matter. And you know, I said, continue to seek God. One day I was sleeping and I heard a voice from heaven. Second Timothy chapter 2 verse 3. I knew immediately that's the answer that I've been looking for. I got up, I wrote it down in the, in the night. When I opened my Bible, I read it. I was so disappointed. You know what it says? As a good soldier of Christ, endure hardship, endure hardness. The King James says, endure hardness. The New King James says, endure hardship as a good soldier of Christ. So what was going on? God was taking me through a process. He was taking me through the fire, the fire of affliction, the fire, the furnace of affliction. That's what I was going through. That's what I was going through with my family. I'm telling you. And you know what? When I saw that scripture and I, that, that encounter that night changed my thinking. It changed my thinking from that of a victim to a victor. I knew that this was not because I sinned. I knew that this was not because I missed God. I knew that it was because God was training me. God was training me. Every soldier needs to go through training, rigorous training. Yes, rigorous training. That's why not everybody can be a soldier. You have to go through. You have to go through stuff. And, and you, you, you can't maintain a victim mentality and go through God's training process and, 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 and come out successful. No. If you maintain a victory mindset, you're going to be disqualified. You're going to be disqualified. You will compromise. Remember, when Jesus was being tempted, Satan came to him. He said, if you're a son of God, you're hungry, right? He knew Jesus was hungry. If you're the son of God, turn these stones to bread and eat it. You've got the power. But Jesus knew, no, that's not what the power is meant for. Is not meant to, to obey Satan. It's not for obeying Satan. The power is for obeying God, not for obeying Satan. All right. And he, he, he comes to him again. He says, look, he takes him up the mountain. You know, the third temptation, he says, if you will just bow and worship me, I'll give you all of this. The Bible says he showed him the kingdoms of the world. He says, Showed him the kingdoms of the world. Let's read it in Luke chapter Luke chapter four, um, Saint Luke's Gospel. When he, when 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 Satan took him up, that means uh, Satan was able to show Jesus a vision. You no, know? he took him up and showed him in a vision, and said to him, 
Look at, yeah, verse, 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 um, verse 5. Luke chapter 4, verse 5. Then the devil taking him up on a high mountain showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. Now the question is this, how is he able to see all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time? That was in a vision. That was not just a physical experience that Jesus had. This was, this was a, a spiritual experience where Satan was able to show him all the civilizations at once. Showed him, you know, from that time to even maybe even this, this civilization. Maybe even, I don't know. But I mean, the Bible says he showed him all the kings of, kingdoms of the world at in the moment of time, and the devil said to him, All this authority I will give you. Okay? And their glory. I will give you everything and their glory. For this has been delivered to me, and I give it to whomever I wish. You see? So he was offering Jesus a shortcut. That's why I said, You need to avoid shortcuts. Don't try to shortcut God's process. No. God's plan was for Jesus to go to the cross and get all the kingdoms, all the kingdoms of the earth, all that Adam lost. God's plan was for Jesus to go through the cross, go through the cross and get it back and bring it to us. But Satan was trying to offer Jesus. He offered Jesus a shortcut. You don't need to go to the cross. Just bow and worship me and you will have all of this. You will have all of this. And many times we've fallen for Satan's plans. We've fallen for Satan's shortcuts. Because we're looking for the path of least resistance. We're looking for the path of least resistance. Yes. And, and uh, Jesus answered and said to him, get, get behind me, Satan, for it is written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and him only shall you serve. Jesus was not in a hurry. No, he was not in a hurry to get there. No, he knew. The Father has already planned it. it has, it's a fixed match, and it's going to play out exactly as the Father wants it. So Jesus was ready to go through the process. And even if you remember in Matthew, in Matthew 16, when after, after Peter um, gave the revelation of the Son of God, when Jesus asked the disciples, who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? He says, you are Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus said, flesh and blood did not reveal this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. All right. After that time, Peter, Jesus begins to tell them of how he must suffer. <laughs> Let's read that as well. You know, Jesus begins to tell them how he was going to suffer many things. You know? Yeah. It says, uh, um, verse 21. From that time, Jesus, Ma Ma Matthew 16, 21. From that time, Jesus began to show to his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and be raised on the third day. Look at Jesus knew. 
He knew that the Father has already predetermined this. And so Jesus was not as a victim. He wasn't saying, oh, you guys should please pray for me. You know, I'm going to suffer. Oh, things are going to be tough. Oh, please pray for me. My life is going to, you know, my, my life is going to be cut short. I'm going to be killed. Please pray for me. No, he wasn't. That was not. Jesus is the ultimate victory thinker. I'm telling you, even though the Father has shown him this is it, Jesus was ready for it. And now he's trying to prepare his disciples. He's trying to prepare them for that experience. You know, but Peter takes him aside. Peter takes him aside. In verse 22, he says, Then Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him, saying, Far be it from you, Lord. This shall not happen to you. <laughs> now, who is talking here? Who is talking here? Far be it. You're not going to die. You're not going to suffer. You are the Messiah. You got all the power. You know. <laughs> oh my goodness. Jesus was able to see through it. Now if you have a victim mindset. If you don't have, if you don't have a victory mindset. If you don't have a victory mindset, you will fall. You will fall for the traps of the enemy. So Jesus turned and said to him, Get behind me, Satan. You are an offense to me, for you are not mindful of the things of God, but the things of men. Hallelujah. So you see, Jesus knew this is where I'm going. This is the path. The Father is taking me through. It might be rough. Your journey might be rough right now. I'm speaking strength to you. I want you to receive strength right now. Strength to go through whatever it is that the Father is using to prepare you for ultimate victory. Hallelujah. For the ultimate experience. Did you know? Did you know that when you go through stuff, it equips you? It develops certain qualities in you. It gives you what it takes to be able to handle what God is going to release to you. Look at Jesus today. He's been exalted and given a name above every name. That at the name of Jesus every knee should bow. Of things in heaven, of things on the earth, even of things under the earth. The name of Jesus has become exalted. It was not like that before. But because he went through. He went through that process as a victory thinker. I'm not afraid of any challenges. I'm not afraid to go through anything. No matter how difficult it is. Why? Because God has already predetermined victory for me. So I'm just going to follow the process. Hallelujah. I'll follow the process so that I can enjoy the glory. The glory. Many Christians have sold their birthrights because they couldn't go through the process. They've sold their birthrights. Yes? Some of you, God has ordained many things, great things for you, but because you could not endure, you could not endure the hardship of the process, you could not endure, you could not endure God's process, you decided to accept Satan's shortcut. And now it's come with consequences. 
May God deliver you from those consequences and bring you back. God is a redeemer. He's able to redeem. He's able to, you know, <laughs> he's able to redeem. So he will redeem you if you will give him everything. Give him, give him that opportunity again and say, Lord, I bring myself back under your lordship. You see, because being Lord means he's, he's got the final say. It's what he wants that you follow. If he is your Lord, you cannot lead him. He leads you. Okay, you cannot direct him. He directs you. All right. So don't be that kind of person. Wait for God. Wait for God. Some people have gotten into, into marriages because they couldn't wait they couldn't wait. They, 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 they didn't go through the process that God was taking to prepare them for, for, for that spouse. And then they got in there and now they want to get out because, you know, listen to me. If God is taking you through a process, go through it. Okay? God knows what he's doing. Trust the wisdom of God. Trust the wisdom of God. I trust the wisdom of God. All right? Yes. So if you're going through stuff, what do you do? There are things that, 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 that I believe you need to do. Number one, what is God saying? Locate God's promise. Okay. Spend time in prayer. Spend time in the word and let God speak to your heart. Once God has spoken, once God has spoken to your heart, like he did to the Israelites, he spoke to them. Okay, now once he's spoken to your to, to, to you, you need to receive, you need to receive what he has said. Receive it by faith. Okay, accept God's word. Accept God's word. Whether it is something you like or you don't like, if it is from God, accept it. Take it and say yes. And then you now you now begin to go before God. In fact, you need to envision it, okay? Once God has spoken, you receive it, believe it, begin to envision it. Write the vision and make it plain. Envision that thing that God has, has spoken. Then you need to now step out, okay? Step out and begin to do whatever God is leading you to do concerning that thing which he has spoken. All right. So if he's leading you through a path that is rough, go through it. Go through it. It's okay. All right. Sometimes when God speaks, it takes, it takes time because God wants that vision, that word that he has spoken to be like the seed. Except the grain of wheat falls down into the ground. Huh? And dies, it abides alone. So sometimes God wants that vision, that word to go through a death process. <laughs> a death process. A, 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 you know, for, for lack of a better word, I say a death process, but it doesn't really die. God's word never dies. But it's the process we're talking about. I'm emphasizing the process. So the process, there's a dying process. It will seem as if it's dying. Okay? But you maintain that, maintain a vision of that word which God has spoken or God has shown. 
Hold on to it. You might be going through a dying process and it will seem as if it will never happen. It's okay. Even if it seems it will never happen, it's okay. Don't panic. Don't freak out. Just be confident in the process. Just be confident in the process. Follow the process, okay? Follow the process, even when it looks like it would never happen. It looks very unlikely. Just hold on to that. Guard it in your heart. Guard it in your heart and keep it. Say, Lord, I'm just trusting you. Continue to stand in faith. Continue to declare God's word. And that's what Abraham had to learn. You know, God spoke to him. I'm going to, um, I'm going to give you a son and all of that. And God, Abraham, he got to a point that it, it was almost like a dead thing. You know, it was as if it was dead. God waited until Sarah had gone past menopause. <laughs> Hallelujah. That's a dead. It's like the promise is, is dead now. Okay, now it's not possible. Okay, fantastic. That's the best time for God. When things seem as if they will never happen, I'm telling you, that's when God begins. That's when God begins. So it's okay. Allow it to go through that, through that dying process. Okay? And then as you stand, now deal with every resistance. Deal with every resistance with the knowing. Deal with every resistance with the revelation and the understanding that you, you are already a victor. Okay? Deal with it as a victory thinker. When you face opposition, Face that opposition as if you have already overcome it because you have in reality. So you see, you can't experience a victory that you have not incubated in your mind. You have to incubate that in your mind. And so you go through that like that. And as you're going through that, just continue to maintain it. If it would help you, write it down. Put it somewhere and keep looking at it every day. Keep declaring it. Write it somewhere. Put it somewhere. Write the vision and Leave it there. Everything is going contrary. It's okay. Just maintain your focus. Maintain your focus. Continue to go. Go. That's how victory thinkers, um, that's, how, that's how they behave. Yes. You have to continue. To, will you face challenges? Yes. Are there times you will doubt? Yes. But don't give in to the doubt. Okay. Be like Abraham who against hope believed in hope. Okay, even he did not consider the deadness of Sarah's womb. It seemed as if, oh, this promise is now dead and buried in the womb. Menopause, no more period, nothing. Oh, but he held on to that. He held on to that. So you have to be like that as well. As a victory thinker, you have to be like that. Continue to hold on to that and continue to do whatever. God will lead you one step at a time, one step at a time, one step at a time. You face resistance, you face the resistance, whatever it is, you, you handle it. There's nothing that comes that you can't handle. Okay, don't say this one is too much for me. No, it's never too much. Stop talking like that. Stop talking like that. Don't say I cannot bear this. Don't talk like that. That's a victim. That's a victim mindset. That's a victim thinker. That's a slavery mindset. Get rid of that thinking, okay? As a, as a victory thinker, you look at it and say, hmm, okay, yeah, Lord, how are we going to handle this one? This one is beyond my thinking now, but I know you've, you've already figured it out. So show me what, what step should I take concerning this. If you don't know what, to t what step to take, don't make any decision. Go sit down, go lie down, go pray, whatever, and then... When it's a fresh revelation, fresh idea, you step up. 
and do it. Okay? Yes, because remember, he has promised he will never leave you nor forsake you. He says, I will help you. Amen. Amen. Yes, he has so many precious promises for you. So hold on to those words and then continue like that. And guess what? With time, you start manifesting the victory that was in your mind. The victory that you have only envisioned. You've envisioned it. You've envisioned it. Now it will start coming out. At the right time, the fullness of time, it starts coming out. And once that time comes, nothing can stop it. Why? You've already established a victory in your mind. You've established a victory in the spirit. You've established it in the spirit. There's nothing in the natural that can overpower the spirit. So the, the way you win the battle is in the spirit. You win it in the spirit. You win it in your mind. Then... In, real, in, in the physical life, things begin to play out. Things begin to play out. And before you know it, hallelujah, you see your dream come to pass. You see it coming to reality. Hallelujah. Like for us, 10% of Midran, every household in Midran. This is something God spoke. <laughs> he spoke it. So we're holding, we're holding on to this. We're holding on to this. We're going to see the unimaginable. Hallelujah. We're going to see the supernatural. We're going to see the extraordinary. He spoke it. It wasn't something that was just conjured. No, no, no. It wasn't thumb sucking. No, no. It came by revelation. It came by revelation. So we hold on to it. Everything seems to be going contrary, but we're still standing. Hallelujah. We bounce back. We bounce back. And I have good news for you now. God has given us our place. We've got our own place now. Hallelujah. Fantastic. It has been signed. The deal has been sealed. Now it's time for us to get up and start doing the work. Start taking the land. One household after another. One household after another. Until we reach every household how about that glory to god hallelujah victory thinkers you i, I want to pray for you now lord i thank you for my brother my sister watching this broadcast or listening to this message i speak oh father i speak to their minds remove every mindset that robs them of their victory let it be removed right now in the name of jesus I shatter, I shatter every stronghold around your mind. Every stronghold of defeat around your mind is shattered right now. Every limitation around your mind is removed right now. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. I release faith. I receive it. Receive a boost. Hallelujah. A boost of faith. Yes, in the name of Jesus, you become a victor, not a victim. We're going to take the land. Hallelujah. We're going to subdue it. We're going to rule. Hallelujah. Just like Joshua took the land, that's how you are going to take the land. That same spirit that was in Caleb and Joshua is the same spirit you have received. The same spirit of faith. You believe, therefore, have we, we speak, therefore, we speak. Hallelujah. Declare that you are a victor, not a victim. Thank you, Father. I bless you.
in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, if you're watching this and you want to give your life to Jesus, maybe you're not born again and want to surrender to Jesus, I want to pray for you right now. Just say this after me. Say, Jesus, I thank you for dying for me. You went to the cross in my place so that I could have a place in heaven. I believe in my heart and I confess with my mouth that you are Lord. Come into my heart. Wash away my sins and make me a brand new person. Thank you, Jesus. I receive you into my heart. Wash away my sins. Cause me to love what you love and to hate what you hate. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Now I'm going to pray for you. Father, I pray for my brother, my sister, who will just pray this prayer. Lord, my God, visit them. Let them experience you, the reality of your kingdom, the reality of the new creation. Come upon them. Thank you, Father. I give you praise. And I give glory. Hallelujah. Amen. Glory to God. Now I want you to take time. Just write us. I want to hear from you. Send us a message. Email. Or you can send us a WhatsApp message. We want to hear from you. So we can walk with you. Help you. Even in this decision. Okay. Now I want to give your offering. I want to pray for you as you, as you give towards the work of God. I want you to, to, I just want to pray for you right now. Father, I pray for your people. I ask, oh God, for your blessing upon their lives. In the name of Jesus, I speak your blessing. Let doors open for them. Opportunities come their way. Bless the works of their hands. Give them inspiration. Give them wealth-creating ideas multiple streams of income. I declare promotions for them in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. I rebuke the devourer on their behalf. Lord God, in Jesus' name, amen. God bless you real good. Thank you so much for joining us today. Please share the word, spread the word. There is a victory thinker in you. Hallelujah. Bless you real good. We're here again next week, same time. Talk to someone, share with your family and friends, and we'll see you. Amen. This ministry has come to you live from Every Nation Midrand. For other life-changing messages and more information, log on to www.everynationmidrand.org.